the last resort, the last place you'd look for legitimate sports opinions. I am your host, Benny Harris, and I am joined, as always, by my main man, Joey Michaels. Joe, it is Thursday, September 5th, and we actually have real, not preseason, NFL football tonight. Thank God. I just purchased my NFL Sunday ticket this morning, so I'm ready to go for this weekend. I just I just want to see my, my boo, Chris Hansen. Oh, his voice really suits me in a time of need, so I'm very happy to hear him soon. All right, Joe, it is Thursday. That means that Hard Knocks, the finale, was on last night or two nights ago? Two nights ago. Two nights ago, right. Um, what did you think of the finale? I didn't watch it. Yeah, I, uh, you know, it was a good, good episode. Luke Wilson got cut, and I also didn't watch it. Yeah, I really didn't have any more interest. Um, usually when my grades are falling from a C- and below, I really don't want to watch it. Oh, I would have watched it. Uh, but that night we had our fantasy draft, as, as you know, since you were there. And um, unfortunately, after the fantasy draft, I wasn't in the mood to watch it because I had been fed whiskey shots for about two hours. Yeah, that was nice. Um, it was nice to be fed whiskey shots since they didn't feed us food. Yeah, so let's, let's rewind to our 2018 draft. We made a deal with a bar in Hoboken, New Jersey called Black Bear. I want you to remember the name of this bar, Black Bear. So they had a deal. It's, it was $40, all you can eat. You get two apps, two main courses, all you can drink, three hours, your own private room. And last year, it went perfectly. In fact, I would have recommended that draft party to anyone looking to have their draft with 10 to 12 people. Would you agree? Yes, we had a very nice time. Great. All right. Call them up in the beginning of August, maybe even at the end of July. I schedule our draft night date for September 4th. I'm sorry, September 3rd, which was Tuesday, September 3rd, two days before the season starts, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Same deal, same everything. Literally. Should have been really easy. Okay. On my way there, I get a call from, actually, Johnny Crusader calls me and he goes, big problem. There's another group of people sitting where we drafted last year. Correct. I immediately thought I fucked up because most of the times it's me who screws up. So I look at all my emails. I actually did everything right. Nothing wrong. Confirmed everything. Locked it in. They told us we pay there. Blah, blah, blah. Go upstairs. They seat us on the other side of the private room, which is clearly not as efficient for a fantasy football draft as the side that we had agreed upon. It just looked like a normal restaurant. We all sit down. We immediately get one bowl of 12 tiny little sliders, one bowl of buffalo bites that are shitty excuses for chicken tenders, and one bowl of Caesar salad, of which I wasn't able to touch because it was gone in 20 seconds. Yeah, I did not eat any of that. Cool. So that was the only food we got for the first hour and a half of the draft. Mind you, this is an all-you-can-eat draft. They then come out with rigatoni, vodka, and one plate of bone-in fried chicken. That would have been okay with me, except we didn't order the fried chicken, Joe. Yeah, I really didn't want fried chicken, and it looked like that somebody went out and bought a bucket of KFC and just put it on our table. So... They not only fucked up by double booking and adding another group to where we were supposed to be, they didn't make enough food for the 11 of us who were paying $40 a head to eat and drink for three hours straight, and they also got the order wrong. And the only thing they actually got right was the open bar, because I think that's impossible to fuck up. Yeah, but the bartender went MIA for a bit, and I couldn't find him. 
The only reason that it was a decent night is because we drank, we hung out, we did a fantasy football draft. That part was fun. However, I am advising you, if you are picking places in Hoboken to have your football draft for fantasy, do not have it at Black Bear. They will double book you. They will fuck up your food. They will give you shitty fried chicken, and they will ruin your evening. Yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah. And you won't get to watch Hard Knocks because you're too drunk because they thought it would be a great idea to feed you whiskey shots to try to get you not to complain about the price after the event. Yes, that all happened. Of which we did, and we got $10 off, thanks to Johnny Crusader actually coming up pretty clutch. What we didn't know is that the tip was included, so technically we only got $5 off. Yes, so it's not really $40. It was $45, right? No, so we, oh, we got it for right. 30 Tip was included. We didn't know that, so we paid 35 So we basically got $5 off shit. Either way, total ripoff of a fucking night. But having said that, how do you like your team? My team's great. I got the second highest grade in the draft um, for the Yahoo post-analysis. So that basically means I'm going to win. I got a B-minus, which is third, but it's tied with like four other people. So I was the only one with a B-plus. Yeah, but what did Messiah get? He got an A minus, mainly because I took Melvin Gordon off the hope that he gets moved. All right, on the docket for today, Zeke and the Cowboys agree on an extension with, I guess, five days to go before their season opener against the Giants. Jared Goff also gets a lofty extension on his contract, and Melvin Gordon gets nothing. Talk about some last-second trades and moves in the NFL, and Joe and I will take a look at who we like in every single matchup for week one. We also have our Drew Locks of the Week, neat college football storylines, Mets Baseball 101, how mediocre is USA Basketball, relationship advice for Rodion's Kuruks, and we will do our top five bold predictions for this upcoming football season. So Joe, let's get right into it. It was this morning, right? Oh, no, I'm sorry. It was Wednesday morning that Zeke and the Cowboys announced that they had a deal done. Six-year extension, $90 million with $50 million guaranteed. Overall, right now, it's in a $103 million contract over eight years. We all expected them to get this deal done. Zeke's deal is going to be more annually than Gurley, and it makes sense. Yeah, they had to get it done, um... Basically, they have the $50 million is the big number here because once that guaranteed money runs out in his contract, you could expect them to look to move on from him. Um, but, yeah, it's $103 million over eight years with the extension tacked on. He's their best player. He, the offense really isn't going to do much without him. So I think we all expected this to get done. I don't know what the point of waiting until – five days left to make him the highest paid running back in football was, but Dallas got their man back, so I guess that's good. Hey, let's let's start with the production. You know, a lot of running backs in this NFL aren't traditional running backs in the, in the sense that they catch balls out of the backfield, but arguably Saquon Barkley, who's one of the best running backs in the league, he does not do the same thing that Zeke does. The production's different. He's a different type of player, but... A player like Zeke is, is such a thing in the past, and the fact that when Zeke touches the ball out of the backfield, he is getting four to five yards every single carry. It's very rare a running back does that. So from a production standpoint, he's close to the top. Yeah, he wears you down, too. The way Dallas 
wins a lot of games is having that offensive line really lean on you and start to grind it out. Listen, Saquon will get... Saquon's first 10 carries, he'll have like 30 yards and he'll break out for 65 on one. Right. Zeke's going to wear you down with four yards here, five yards here, six yards here, and make those 10-minute, seven, eight, nine, 10-minute drives go on and on and control the line of scrimmage, control time and possession, and make life a lot easier on Dak Prescott. And all the people who are saying the reason he's not signed yet is because of his off-the-field behavior, let's be really honest right now. Dallas doesn't give a fuck about a player's off-the-field behavior. This is a team that has signed Greg Hardy, Randy Gregory, Trell Owens. I mean, any... Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin. I can, can't think of a lot of other guys right now, but they don't care about players being problematic. They just don't. No, and especially that his off-the-field issues don't impact his on-the-field production. When he's on the field, he's dominant, so... He'll be fine. It was a good move. We all expected it to come around. Jerry, jerk off in his shoes. Jones does it again. Yeah, they probably should have got it done earlier, though, so he could have got a little bit of work in training camp because now you run the risk of a soft tissue injury, a hamstring, a cat, like something like that. But hopefully that doesn't happen, but we'll see, I guess. Tuesday night, as we were drafting, it was announced that Jared Goff got a four-year, $134 million extension with 110 guaranteed. I don't know if there's a lot to analyze here. He's McVay's guy. He's the quarterback. You just paid Gurley all the money in the world. Goff was the next logical guy. Yeah, got a lot of guaranteed money. You could expect the Dak Prescott contract to look similar. He's probably going to get like a million or two more guaranteed just to say he got the most guaranteed money. But it's a good deal. The Rams needed to lock him up. He's been very productive since uh, McVay's gotten there, and I don't have a problem with the extension. I like Goff. Only thing that worries me about him is, is that Super Bowl performance. He was non-existent. Yeah, but he got to a Super Bowl in year three, so I guess that's good. So, Zeke gets paid, Jared Goff gets paid, Melvin Gordon gets Bumpkiss. Team announced earlier in the week that they would table negotiations until the end of this year. Yeah, the Chargers are really stupid here because they say they don't want to pay Melvin Gordon more than $10 million a year, but then they put a first-round price tag on him. Which means if you're giving up, a, if someone's going to give up a first round pick, don't you think they want a running back who's in the upper echelon of running backs? I mean, Gordon doesn't look like a genius in this situation either. It's predicted that he's probably going to come back before week ten to get his paycheck. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't make sense on either end. He probably should have not held out, and they probably would have paid him more. He probably would have got around the twelve million dollar range. I think they're going to look to move him, but a first-round price tag is nowhere near what they're going to get from Melvin Gordon. I mean, this goes without saying, and everyone who has watched football the last three years knows this, but Ezekiel Elliott is the player in the Cowboys' offense that makes that offense work in regards to being a playoff contender and being a Super Bowl contender. You take Zeke away from Dallas's offense, Prescott becomes exposed, and whoever's behind that line, as good as they are, they're not going to put up Zeke numbers. You take Gordon out of that lineup for the Chargers, you saw what they did last year. Eckler is a above-average to decent pass-catching back out of the backfield, and the offense never revolved around Gordon in the first place. Phillip Rivers makes that offense go. So they mean completely 
they're, they're just completely different in regards to what they mean to their team. Therefore, Zeke's going to get what he got, and Gordon's going to hold out for nothing. Yeah, he's productive. He gets hurt a lot. He's, he's a good back. He deserves to be in that second-tier range, probably near a David Johnson, around $13, 12000000 million. He's not Gurley. He's not Zeke. He's not Saquon. He's not a Lev Bell. He's that next tier of guys where he's very productive, and I don't think the Chargers are going to pay him. I, I think they're going to try to move him because... They got pass rushers. They got two pass rushers they're going to have to pay. They still got Phillip Rivers. They got Keenan Allen they paid. They got offensive line. They got, they got defensive play. They got Derwin James they're going to have to pay in the next year or two. So they got a lot of guys they're going to have to pay. And, you know, he might be the odd man out, especially with the running back depth they have. So. And I'll tell you something else. I mean, look at every single team in the AFC West. Chiefs, Damian Williams, sort of an unproven commodity, right? They can pretty much plug and play anybody at running back. That's why they got LaShawn McCoy, who's now going to split carries. Raiders, Josh Jacobs, rookie. Should be good. You really don't know what you're going to get there. Broncos, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. Both, I guess, you know, Lindsay overachieved last year. Freeman underachieved. They might be a little bit closer this year. Either way, neither of them are an elite back. Chargers play all those teams twice. Eckler, I think, pretty much matches up with a few of them. If he's a little bit worse, it's only by a smidge. But what I'm trying to say is all the running games are essentially the same. Yeah, it really comes down to the quarterback position that Dak Prescott's success is not predicated, is predicated off Ezekiel Elliott being there. Phil Rivers' success is not predicated off Melvin Gordon being there. He's going to put up the same numbers. He's going to make do with what he has as a veteran guy. And I don't think it's too hard when you have other guys you're going to have to pay to give a cap hit like that to somebody who really isn't vital to your team's success. Just want to point out that Joe picked Melvin Gordon in our draft on Tuesday night. As my third backup running back, so relax, he's not a starter, he's, I'm not banking on it. But you know, if he does come back or he gets traded, um, that's some serious value right there. Don't tell me to relax! This ain't reality TV! That was a really bad Jack impression. That Jack Nicholson said that? I thought that was top of the dome. You, right just thought, you, you just came up with that. That was a Stanley Harris original. Wow. It wasn't from The Departed? Uh, I thought it was from the town. All right. Moving forward, let's pull up the schedule for week one, and we can make our week one picks. You excited for this, Joe? Pumped. Love football. Let's try to keep track of what we pick next week so then we can make fun of whoever was worse. That's fine. Let's okay. go. Read them off. All right, Thursday, and this is just pick them. This is not no spreads yet. We will give our Drew Lock of the week next. All right, Thursday night football, Green Bay at Chicago. Who do you like in this game? Um, I actually like Green Bay to come out ahead on this one. Aaron Rodgers, even we saw last year in week one before he got hurt, he was dominating the Bears. I know Khalil Mack was just, he was kind of winded because he didn't have his football legs under him after being traded late. But I, I think the Packers squeak this game out. Um, could be a Rodgers late game drive leading to a Mason Crosby field goal. Um, I got the Packers in a close one here on Thursday night. I'm going to agree with you. I, I go Green Bay, too, for everything you just said. All right, Rams at the Panthers. Um, I'm going to go with the Rams based on I don't know how healthy Cam really is. Um, they say they're, this offensive line is... Pretty decent, according to Pro Football Focus, but they lost their center 
Um, Ryan Khalil, who is a big loss, who he unretired and went to the Jets. I don't love their offensive line. McCaffrey's going to be dominant, like we think. They have unproven commodities at wideout. DJ Moore, we're expecting to take the next step, but I don't think Cam's healthy. I think his mobility is going to be a problem with the foot. And I think the Rams, with Goff having just coming off the extension, Gurley early in the year is not going to be hurt. I, I like the Rams in this matchup. I'm going to disagree with you. I think that the Rams have the second place Super Bowl loser hangover to start the year. I think that Goff gets comfortable with his $134 million contract extension. I think Gurley's arthritis acts up. I got Panthers 30 to 22 in this game. Bold. I'm a bold guy. You're a bold guy, I guess. All right, so I didn't list the Green Bay game because we agreed upon it, but this game I'll list. You have the Rams. I have the Panthers at home. Redskins at Eagles. Both agree Eagles. Yeah, yeah not, not much to say there. Buffalo at Jets. Um, I'm going to go with the Jets here, purely off home field. I, I think whoever's playing home is going to win. I agree with you. Vikings, I'm sorry, Falcons at the Vikings. Uh, you know where I'm going on this one. I'm Falcons? Going, yeah, no. Vikings going to win this game. Um, Dalvin Cook's going to control the line of scrimmage with the with running the ball. I think he's going to have a big game on the ground. Kirk Cousins in the play-action game against um, Atlanta. I think he's going to have a great week one. And the Vikings third down defense is the best in the NFL. And I think Matt Ryan's going to struggle in the red zone against them. Wise Irish man who grew up on the streets of Fenway Avenue told me to never bet against Matt Ryan and the Falcons unless they're playing the Patriots in the Super Bowl. This isn't the Patriots. This isn't the Super Bowl. I'm going Falcons all the way. You're wrong. So is that kid on Fenway, too, I guess. <laughs> all right. Next up, Ravens at the Dolphins. Yeah, we, we agree. We yeah, got it. Okay, okay. Moving on. This is an interesting one. The Chiefs at the Jaguars. Um, I'm going to go with the Jaguars, and here's why. I think weather is going to play a role. Might be some... Uh, Hurricane Dorian hangover, some wet marshland, and the ball is not going to be, the, the passing attacks are not going to be as effective for Mahomes playing on a very shitty field in Jacksonville in the rain. The running backs are a little unproven right now. McCoy's an old, he's veteran, and we don't know what we're going to get from him with just a week in the game, into the uh, game plan. And I think Nick Foles is going to be proven to be a very big upgrade to Blake Bortles. And I think Leonard Fournette's going to have a monster year this year, so I think they control a medium-scoring game uh, like Jacksonville by four in this one. I'm going to go against you. i got Kansas City. I think that they are so ready to go after losing that AFC Championship game last year. I actually really like Jacksonville, but I think they're going to come out of the gate and lose this game. I just think I think Kansas City's so good, there's no way they start 0-1. Okay, that's your thought. That's my prerogative. My prerogative. That Britney Spears? I don't know. All right. Titans at Cleveland. Um, Cleveland disappoints week one, and Tennessee comes out on top. Their defensive line, with the addition of Cameron Wake, is going to get after um, Baker a little bit. I think it's going to take the Browns a few weeks to get on track, with Odell missing a lot of camp with nagging hip injury. Uh, I'm going to go Titans in a close one here. Yeah, Titans in a close one. I'm going to go Cleveland. Uh, I just can't bet. Well, I'm not betting, but I can't pick Marcus Mariota over Baker. I get it. Uh, Baker's got some new toys to work with. 
I actually don't think Odell is going to kill it week one. I think it's going to take him some time to get acclimated to the offense. Having said that, their defense has improved. Landry, Njoku, Chubb, all healthy, all ready to go. Ed Odell, I just, I got Cleveland winning, I don't know, let's say 24 to 17 Cleveland. Okay, all right. I disagree. No, I, I know you do. All right, we have the Colts at the Chargers. Do you know something I don't? The Colts going to win this game. Oh, my God. Brissett's going to look good. He's played all offseason, all through minicamp, all through training camp. He's going to be sharp. The Chargers have a tremendous amount of injuries coming into week one. Their left tackle, Russell Okung, is out. He's on, uh, he's on the pup list or IR to start the season. Keenan Allen's been banged up through camp. No Melvin Gordon, as we know. Derwin James is on IR until middle of the season. Their secondary is going to struggle. Expect a big day from Eric Ebron in the tight end position and T.Y. Hilton running down the field. I think the Colts, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think the Colts are going to pull this out with a late game touchdown or field goal. I got the Colts in this one. I have to go Chargers mainly because I picked up their defense in fantasy and I just think that Jacoby Brissett sucks. I, I don't see any good values about him when it comes to being a quarterback. Okay, that's just really rude. To who? To Jacoby Brissett. What is he going to say about it? He's going to throw touchdown passes and prove you wrong. Respect the shit out of the fact that he negotiated his own contract with no agent. He only got $15 million a year. Clearly, he's not a good agent. <laughs> Stick to your day job. All right. Bengals at the Seahawks. If you pick the Bengals. Yeah, I won't. Okay. Seahawks. Seahawks, yeah. Niners at the Bucks. Hmm. It's interesting. I'm going to go Niners. I think Jimmy G wakes up from his one for six preseason performance that he had. I think they get it going a little bit. I think the Bucks defense is atrocious, and I think he's going to have a very easy time scoring the ball. And defensively, they're improved this year. I got the Niners in this one. I have the Bucks making uh, the playoffs this year, uh, so I'm going to go Bucks in this one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, New York football giants at the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going Giants. I'm going Dallas because the Giants are an atrocity and embarrassment to the city of New York. You know something really funny? Like, I guess for Eli's like first 10 to 12 years, the narrative was, oh, Eli always beats the Cowboys in the season. If you look at the last like six or seven years, they've opened up against the Cowboys four times and they're one and three. Or one and t- yeah, the, one and three. The games are close, though. I don't oh, think they are th- close. This game won't be a blowout. The Giants always play Dallas tough, but I think Dallas will... They'll end up winning, I think. And, yeah, the Giants are really poopy. Detroit at Arizona. I think Kyler struggles. I, I'm going to go Detroit. Detroit always has a really easy week one matchup, it seems like, because they're always in last place in the division, so they have an easy schedule. Um, I think it's going to take Kyler about six or seven games to get acclimated to number one defenses and the speed of everything. Um, I think Detroit wins this game pretty easily, actually, as well. I have Detroit as well. I can't. You can't pick a rookie on week one against a Matt Patricia coach team is something I'm saying for the first time. Right Please now. don't ever say that again, by the way. <laughs> Lions over the Cardinals, we agree there. Okay, Steelers at New England. Um... I'm going New England. I don't think New England's losing at home on week one, primetime, Sunday night football. I think Pittsburgh will be better than we think, than a lot of people think they will this year. But I think Brady's got more weapons than we really thought he would have coming into this. And 
I, I think New England's going to put on a show week one at home and saying, hey, we're still here and we're going to be great again. I want to pick the Steelers. I really do. But I just don't see them beating New England. In New England. If the game was in Pittsburgh, I'd probably go Pittsburgh. I agree. I agree with that. Gillette's a pretty difficult place to play, apparently. All right. We are blessed. We are blessed with two Monday night games this week. We have the Texans at the Saints. And we have the Broncos at the Raiders. Let's start with Texans at the Saints. Um, I'm going to go Houston. I, New Orleans always starts off a little slow. Last year they started off 0-2 or 1-1, but they should have lost to Cleveland off the field goal. And I don't like the way they start. I think Deshaun Watson's going to come out. Now that he's got protection with Laramie Tunsil. Kenny Stills, I think, was a little bit of an underrated acquisition in that trade. He gives them a nice number three receiver with Will Fuller and New Hopkins. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. I think they're going to beat New Orleans on Monday night. I'm going with New Orleans mainly because I just really like Michael Thomas. I think he's a talented receiver. I got him going for uh, 110 yards and two touchdowns. I got Breeze throwing for four touchdowns. I have Saints 35, Texans 24. Okay. All right, final game. It is the Denver Broncos at the Oakland Raiders. I'm going Raiders, baby. Raider Nation, hard knocks. Yeah. Um, I think Joe Flacco wins this game big, and everybody thinks he's going to be really good for the first week, and Denver starts getting playoff aspirations, then he's going to stink the rest of the year. But I think Flacco throws for like 275 and three touchdowns in this game. I think you're forgetting that the Raiders have Richie Incognito on the team. He's suspended the first two games. Fuck, I'm still going Raiders. <laughs> so, I, 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 did he even make the team? He made the team? I'm not sure. I don't know either. Hope he did. He's terrible. I didn't see he got cut on Twitter from Hard Knocks. That's where I got my Hard Knocks results information. Um, Jason Nabinda got cut. And, uh, Nabinda, Nabinda, what's your Nabinda? I think Keelan Dust got cut. He did. And Luke Wilson, so those three. Well, thank God Luke Wilson got cut. All right, so along with our, our picks, and, and we'll go over the ones we disagreed on next week, Joe and I have our Drew Locke gambling pick of the week. Joe, do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? Um, I'm going to go first. Okay. My lock of the week is the Baltimore Ravens, minus 6.5 against Miami. Miami has absolutely no players on the roster. Baltimore is probably going to rush for five rushing touchdowns and probably over 200 yards. Miami got rid of all their defenders. Their left tackle against a Baltimore defense. Baltimore might score three defensive touchdowns and rush for four offensive touchdowns. I think it's going to be a bloodbath. I think the Ravens are going to win this game like by 28 points. I saw that game. I, I If it was Rosen, I would, would have picked the Ravens. But I believe in Fitz Magic the first four weeks of the season. After that, it's over. I have the Jets minus three at home against Buffalo. I just think Gase unleashes Darnold Bell. He's got some good plans for these guys. I think that Buffalo isn't going to be as shitty as they're projected to be, but I think this is just a bad matchup for them. The Jets are fired up. They've been the talk of New York the entire offseason. The media has talked about them more than the Giants outside of the Daniel Jones stuff. Well, they've had the positive talk of the offseason in New York. Right. I haven't heard, other than them... Losing a couple linebackers to suspension and an injury. Everything's been pretty positive out of Jets camp. And they've been talked about positively. There's been no distractions, no problems. No. So they're, they're going to be 
Pretty good. Pretty All right, good. so if you're going to make a pick this week, it's going to be Ravens. What's the spread? Six and a half. Minus six and a half. Lay the points. Ravens minus six and a half. Jets minus three. Okay, moving on to and if he dies, he dies. How's that drive? It was average. You're getting better at my impressions. Eh, I don't know about that. Jordan Reed is in concussion protocol yet again. I'm not sure what number of concussion this is. I think he's in double digits at this point. Not even trying to be funny here. This isn't a joke. But how does he not develop CTE later in life? I I thought he was, like, retiring three years ago from concussions. And I think he's had, like, eight since then. Like, I don't know what he's still doing. I mean, I guess he doesn't know how to do anything else and play football. So, like, I don't know. But, like, he shouldn't be allowed to play football anymore. Well, we're, we're talking about the Washington Redskins. I know, the most dysfunctional organization in the world, other than maybe the Miami Dolphins right now. I wouldn't put it past the Redskins to have a player on that roster die on the field mid-game, and then they try to re-sign him next week. Yeah, I, and you know what the worst part is? How many years in fantasy are like, oh, if Jordan Reed's healthy, if Jordan Reed's healthy? The last five to six years. He hasn't been good in seven years. Uh, his second year in the league, I think, was the last year he was good. He's been hurt every other year. So, Jordan Reed, don't die. Retire. We're looking out for you here. Seriously, and anyone on the Redskins staff, please advise him to retire because he's a good tight end, but you guys are going to be awful this year. Yeah, really, really bad. Plus, you have Vernon Davis still, who I don't know how he still has a job. Can't win with him. Is that, is that Mike Singletary? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That was better than your uh, Drago. All right. All right, we got some neat college storylines from the weekend. Week one has finished. I usually hate college football. Ugh, I lost a heartbreaker this weekend. I was so excited about the NFL. I tuned into some football with you. True freshman Bo Nix. Auburn coming back against Justin Herbert in Oregon. Great story. Great game. Jalen Hurts is Gunning for the Heisman, what do he put up? Six total touchdowns in that game against Houston? Six or five. He had like 370 passing yards, 170 on the ground. It was remarkable. What's clear is Lincoln Riley's going to do everything he can to get him a Heisman. It's also clear that the Big 12 has some of the worst defenses I've ever seen in my life since they gave up. They didn't even cover, I don't think. You freeze coached Liberty from a hospital bed in a press box. He really must not believe in his staff. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, no one could have filled in? Like, come on. That was that was insane. And then we had Alabama and Clemson are, are still relatively good, although Trevor Lawrence did struggle a little bit. He did. He struggled. I think he's going to bounce back in a big way this week, though. And the SEC is duty. Yeah. 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 Pretty duty. Not good. Talk about your bad beat over the weekend. Oh, my God. It was terrible. Stanford Northwestern line was six and a half. Stanford punts the ball with about 25 seconds left in the game. Northwestern's down three. I'm thinking this is a lock. Uh, plus six and a half. And Northwestern, they're going to throw a couple of passes down the field, turn the ball over on downs. No, what do they do with 20 seconds left? The quarterback rolls, gets the ball, starts running to his left, and gets sacked in the end zone. The ball is loose in the end zone. Offensive linemen can at least dive on it to give a safety. I would have covered still. Instead, he whiffs on it. Stanford picks it up in the end zone, and they win the game by 10, and I lose. Yeah, that sounds pretty bad. It was awful. I, I, the game was – I've never seen something like that. Were there any other bad beats, or was that it? 
I don't know. That was my bad beat. I stopped watching. But I cut, but I did make up for it. I backdoored covered on Georgia with a late field goal while we were at the bar. All right, nice. As the bouncer was saying, hey, you're not going to cover. And you know what? I fucking covered. Great story. There was a birthday party at the bar. And they had cake. You had a slice. So I had a slice, and then the security guard threatened to kick me out for having a slice of those people's cakes. But he was kidding. Yeah, he was the same guy making fun of me about the Georgia bet. He seemed bored that night. There was not a lot of people there. There was about 15 people there. It was terrible. That was a bad night. Anything else for college football storylines that I missed? Um, Justin Herbert needs to win some games against good teams. It's funny because this, and this is the last thing I'll say, this quarterback draft is... Supposed to be really good next year, right? It's supposed to be Tua, Herbert, Jake Lawrence, from. from is Lawrence this year? Actually? No. Lawrence next year. So from and two guys out of those those four guys didn't look great the first week. How'd From look? I didn't say. From looked pretty good, but the game, you know, it's listen, it's week one. Let's see what they do for the body of work. Jalen Hurts, I don't know if this Jalen Hurts thing is going to last all season. Um, we'll see, but the Big 12 defense is really bad. He's got a shot at the Heisman, but I don't think Oklahoma's a real threat to win anything. Yeah, as good as he looked, I don't think they're, they're a real threat. Um, Lawrence is going to turn it around. Lawrence is going to have a big day. And I will say this, the best team in the SEC is not Alabama. All right, you're going to love this next segment, and instead of saying it, I'm just going to sing it. You ready? Sure. Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Step right up and greet the Mets. This is Mets Baseball 101, how to lose games in the worst possible way. So while we were at the bar on Tuesday night doing our fantasy football draft, eating fried chicken that we did not want, the Mets were practically destroying the Nationals. Every other pitch was a home run. I remember you kept standing up, you kept cheering, those Wall Street tie douchebags who took our spot were cheering, it was all happy-go-lucky the two or three hours we were at the bar because the Mets were raked. And then the ninth inning happened, Joe. Yeah, the Mets gave up seven runs in the ninth inning and lost 11-10. to 10. I, This... Mickey Callum is just so stupid. We need this... The Mets just continue to put Jerry Familia and Edwin Diaz in games... But granted, you think with a cushion that they had, it wouldn't have been a big deal. But it was. The Mets... The funny thing is the Nationals scored seven runs in the ninth inning. The Mets scored, I think, five in the top of the ninth. Right. So, I, I don't understand... I know I, we can't pitch Seth Lugo more than, like, 20 pitches in a game, even though he used to be a starter. But now we can't go... So we pull, put Edwin Diaz in, who was the worst pitcher in baseball, who we traded top prospects for, along with Robinson Cano. Blowing leads. We're in a wild card race, and we're saving pitchers. So a fan called uh, the Michael K. Show today, and he essentially goes, I blame... Who's the national shortstop? He could say he blamed him. Maybe Trey Turner? Maybe. Trey Turner didn't make a double play against the Mets in the top of the ninth, right? And how the, the Mets scored how many runs in the top of the ninth? Five, I believe. Okay, so he blamed Trey Turner because they don't score those five runs and they get the double play and the Mets come up and they're only up one or two. They leave Lou going? And he, and he gets the save. That's what this caller said. Really stupid take, but actually not wrong. Yes, he is wrong. You gave up seven runs in the fucking ninth inning. That's because no one in the bullpen can pitch except Lugo and sometimes Justin Wilson. Justin Wilson stinks too. At least, at, least, at least they won yesterday. 
Yeah, they won. Uh, big deal. They, they should have swept them. They lost today or they play? They, I think they play. No, they're probably off. They're off today. Okay, they're off today. All right, let's let's uh, let's get into some tennis. Yeah. Have Have you been watching the U.S. Open recently? I've only been watching Tiger Woods fist pumping as highlights. Oh, for Nadal. For Nadal and Serena Williams. All right, some updates on the men's side. Uh, uh, Federer fucked everyone. Federer and Djokovic are out. Djokovic retired during the match. Well, he's getting his ass kicked. It's not the same as retiring from a sport. It just means you quit. And Nadal is still in. Yeah, Federer got beat up. I don't know what the hell Federer happened. Federer, everybody thought Federer was going to walk away and win, but now he's dead. So Nadal's going to win, and that's that. Naomi Osaka, who won last year, and lost. After uh, she beat Coco. Right. Coco for Coco Golf. She's out. And um, is Serena starting? Yes. All right. There you go. There you have it. That's our U.S. Open update. I thought that went pretty well. I think we said a lot more than we thought we could. Agreed. All right. We have a how mediocre is USA basketball. So in the last three days, I want to say on Tuesday morning, they played Turkey and they basically lost. They won by one, but they should have lost. They should have lost. They stink. They're a terrible team. And that's that. And if you want to take anything from their performance into the NBA season, it's that the country of Turkey can beat the Boston Celtics. Yes, pretty much. I don't know. Yeah, that's it. I, I don't even know what to say. They're terrible. Jason Tatum got hurt. I'm sure Ennis Kanter would not play in that game. No, he's not. he shouldn't play in that game. No, he will get shot. He should not ever play against anyone. He should never game. leave the country. Right. Stay in America. He, he sent a tweet out after they won, by the way. I don't know what he said, but he said something. I don't really care for him anymore. He's annoying. He's, he's a very annoying personality. You know what bothers me? He, he, acts, he talks like he's so good. The Celtics gave him a two-year, $10 million contract. Like, it's basically a veteran's minimum contract when, like, you're not that good. You've been, like, a really big disappointment in your NBA career. You were drafted number three overall by Utah, and they, like, said, no, you stink, and then you... Came off the bench in Oklahoma City. Then he got benched in New York. And then like he went to Portland and got exposed. All right. So sticking with European basketball players, we have relationship advice for Rodian's Kuros. So he was recently arrested in an alleged domestic case. They're looking into allegations that he choked his girl, then-girlfriend in his Brooklyn apartment on June 27th. The quote from the Nets, after learning of the allegations against Rodion's Kirks, we notified and are assisting the league office as they begin the process of gathering more information. So he allegedly chose to choke his girlfriend. What is your advice in regards to relationships for Rodion's Kirks? Don't choke your girlfriend. Well said. That's all I got. Well, okay. All right. Don't choke your girlfriend in the way we think you choked your girlfriend. Right. If she consents and it's during lovemaking... I am not going to kink shame. No, no, no. We are not shaming you. But don't choke your girlfriend in the way you've been accused of choking your girlfriend. Agreed. All right, sticking with the NFL narrative, our top five this week is our bold predictions for this upcoming season. So, Joe, let's start with you. What is your number five bold prediction for this season? My number five bold prediction for the season is that Lamar Jackson will throw for more than 20 touchdown passes this year, where we all expect him not to throw for 20 touchdown passes this year. Okay. Uh, how many touchdown passes does he throw? 21. 
Okay, that's that's over 20. Yes, that's what I said. All right, so my bold prediction, or at least my fifth bold prediction, a big-time running back, probably Todd Gurley or Dalvin Cook. <laughs> uh, one of them will get hurt, and that team will trade for Melvin Gordon immediately. I have a question. Why would you say Dalvin Cook? Because he's been hurt before. But he's on the Vikings, and you know you don't wish people to get hurt. I'm not wishing him. You just said you wish him and Gurley to get hurt. No, 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 no. That's my prediction. Yeah, also, not... you're predicting, which means you've thought about it, which means, oh wow, this is going to happen. This is bullshit. Listen, we're from New Jersey. You're a fucking Vikings. Fan. I know where Saquon lives. Enough. My number four bold prediction of this year is Bruce Arians after this season re-retires because he's miserable of how bad the Bucks are, and he goes back to fishing or whatever he does in his spare time. That's funny because my number four is the Buccaneers will make the playoffs as a wild card and Bruce Arians will be the coach of the year. You know what? I'm going to up that. They're going to win the NFC South. Book it. Wow, that's not going to happen. Jameis, <laughs> Jameis wins comeback player of the year unless... After they just win all the awards, right? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers yes. the second coming of God. Okay, my number three bold prediction for the season is a team that's getting... Who has um, missed the playoffs was the last two years? Yeah. Is now getting hyped up as a Super Bowl pick for a lot of people. The Green Bay Packers will not make the playoffs this year for the third consecutive year with the highest paid quarterback in football. That's it. Oh, that's it? That's it. Okay. They're going to miss the playoffs. My number three is Jay Gruden will be fired midseason. Is that really bold? I guess it's not that bold. (laughs) Shocked he still has a job. Okay, new bold prediction. Darius Geis will rush for more than 1,500 yards. That's bold, because that's not going to happen either. <laughs> bold prediction, he's on my fantasy team. Oh, God. Um, my number two pick will drive you absolutely insane. Jacoby Brissett leads the Indianapolis Colts to the playoffs, and he tells you to go fuck yourself directly after I tweeted him and say, tell Spencer to go fuck himself. Who's their coach right now? Frank Wright. Oh, right, 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 right. Very good offensive right. guru. I thought it was Chuck Pagano. No, no, no. He's the reason why Angelo retired. <laughs> Him and Ryan Grigson. You know, thanks a lot. I don't think the Colts will be that lucky this year. <laughs> Fuck yourself. My number two bold prediction, the Seahawks will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, and they will... Win that these sucks. No one wants that. I don't want that. I think they're going to be really good. I don't. I think they're going to stink poop. I think the guy, DK Metcalf, who met Pete Carroll without his shirt, I think he's going to be a monster. I think he's going to have a hamstring injury every three weeks. He's just going to continue to pull his hamstring. Chris Carson. I know. You only like them because you picked two of them in your fantasy team. Tyler Lockett. Did you pick him too? Bobby Wagner. All right, stop naming Seahawks players. All right, Super Bowl. My number one bold prediction of the season is the Miami Dolphins will not have the worst record in the NFL this season. I think that crown will go to somebody else, maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I don't know. But it will. Miami will not finish with the worst record in the NFL this year. Who will? Maybe those hard-knock Oakland Raiders. Well, they might. They might. Their, their receiver is very upset. All right, uh, my bold prediction, not that bold. I think that the Giants are going to make the playoffs. I think that Pat Shermer <laughs> will win Coach of the Year. How can he win Coach of the Year for Jerry? He's already won. All right, fine. I think Dave Gettleman will win Executive of the Year. I think they will go far in the playoffs. They will lose in the NFC Championship game to the Seahawks. 
But Eli's career will be rejuvenated, and then we'll bring him back for another year next year. So your point is you want the Seahawks, the Bucks, and the Giants to be three of the playoff teams in the NFC? These are just predictions. <laughs> I don't want any of these things. If any of these things happen, we will have a terrible football season. There you have it. Those are our top five predictions. Pretty, uh, pretty short show, Joe. Pretty short, but not too long. We're not ending it right now, by the way. I actually, you know, because we always talk about something that's not sports-related, so someone brought up a great top five, in my opinion. We don't have to do all five, but off the top of your head, and I have a few, I was just thinking the best roles in... I'm sorry, let me, let me word this correctly. The best TV or movie casting of all time. Think of, like, one or two off the top of your head. Um... We're going to both say The Departed. Who, though? Oh, you mean which individual? Yes. Oh, I didn't mean which cast is uh, a which whole. Which individual? Oh, that's pretty good. Um, I don't know. I got to think about it. Give me a second. So I'll, 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 I'll do a few. I would do Wahlberg in The Departed. That is his best role. and you In any movie he's ever done, I think he is the best being that asshole, know-it-all cop, who and listen, I'm not saying Leo's not amazing in that movie, Damon's not amazing in that movie, everyone's great. I don't think anyone shines more than Wahlberg. I, I don't think you can cast anyone in that role except Mark Wahlberg. And he doesn't even have that much screen time. Right. That's why he's so good. Another one, you're gonna love me for this. James Gandolfini is Tony Soprano. Yeah, that's a good one. That's I, good. I was gonna go Jeremy Renner in the town. I fucking I was thinking that. He, he was he was very good and Ben Affleck kind of like dry in the movie a little right. bit, and he brought, he was very good in the town. I'm trying to think of another one that's really good. I mean, you're thinking of like action crime movies, you can go, who else would play Danny Ocean in Ocean's movies? But I guess it's not that, because he's just really cool in the movie. You could he's put just... somebody else in there and probably do it. I like, um, speaking of a Wahlberg movie, but Christian Bale in The Fighter, when he plays the Wahlberg's brother. He's the drug guy. He's the junkie who yeah. like is it, he's pretty. The movie wasn't great, but him in that role was very good. I like. I enjoyed that. I mean, I would say Heath Ledger as as the Joker in The Dark Knight was unbelievable, but it looks like this new Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix is he's almost going to be as good, if not better. Oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mister Freeze. <laughs> I don't like that one. Whoa, All he's right. very good. You can't let's let's, him. let's pick one more each, and we will end the podcast. But it's got to be a good. Ooh, a good one. Who do we one. have here? Alright, I got one. I'm going to do Artie Lang in Beer League. Oh, For those of you who don't know the movie, it's a movie about a bunch of out-of-shape 40-year-olds who play in a drunk men's softball league, and Artie Lang is easily the best cast in that role. I'm going to go with Brendan Fraser in Bedazzled. Oh. Um, he can play many roles in that movie, i.e. a basketball player, an art guru, and whatever else he did in that movie. It shows how multi-talented he is as an actor and how he can put on a lot of hats and still put on a great show. Brandon Fraser is making a comeback, mark my words. In what? In movies. Which movie? Any movie. So he's not in any movies right now? Not right now. So the comeback hasn't started yet? It's about to start. What, what year? 2020. So next year, Brendan Fraser. Next year, Brendan Fraser. Next year is the year for Brendan Fraser and Eli Manning. Okay, so two things that will not happen. Good, good, good. Enjoy football tonight, everybody. See you later. Let's go.
family. 